Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. He is a spectacular human being, and he is the son of one of the most legendary thought leaders alive in the world today. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only. The legendary Colby Sharma. Welcome to the show, Colby. Nikki, tremendously glad to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, my man. So, Colby, you and I have known each other for several years. We actually met when you were when you were a wee lad, as they say. Your, yes. your dad was a client of mine back when I used to be one of the top fitness trainers around. And we actually mm-hmm. had dinner together with your lovely sister and your father and uh, my then wife and my kids at a restaurant in the beaches. And I remember going, wow, what an impressive, impressive young man. I mean, your, your father had just, you know, raised you to be curious and, uh, and bright and asking a lot of questions. And now you've come out and, you know, blazed your own trail as it were by writing your own book. So tell everybody a little bit about you, your backstory and about this brand new book, the Curveball. And let's get right into it. For sure. You know, I mean, the the seeds for the writing of the book were really mined in that time. You know, they were mined, you know, the experiences I've had as as a kid, uh, as a young man, um, a bit about myself. Well, I'm a, I'm a law graduate. Um, I'm a passionate fan of Toronto sports. I love reading. I love writing. I love creating. I uh, love traveling the world. love seeing new places. Um, and really, you know, the book's inspiration really began when I had a, a learning disability um, as a teenager, as a young man. And, you know, that experience was so profound for me because it was a real curveball I was dealing with in my life and I was dealt. And the word curveball is really when life throws an unexpected path. How do you pivot? How do you respond? How do you act? And for me, you know, that experience is told in the book in uh, the part, you know, we succeed because of adversity, not in spite of it. And that's something that is just, it, and with the pandemic, it motivated me to push out the book because so many people were dealing with curveballs and, you know, there was a real lack of like, how do I respond at this moment in the world? You know, that's so true. The pandemic and the lockdowns that ensued have definitely been challenging for a lot of people to deal with. So you came up sure. with the idea to write this book. Yes. Yeah, so I, I actually wrote the book uh, when I was a first-year law student more than four years ago. And, you know, that summer I put pen to paper on it. Then I released it uh, right in the first lockdown in, in 2020. Okay, got it. So you wrote it four years ago when you were a law student, but you re- released it during the, the first wave of lockdowns. Okay. So let's talk about the book. So tell me. What's the book all about? 
The book is, is a fiction tale about how a struggling individual turns fear into fuel and adversity into opportunity to live a better and more inspired life. It's a book where we see a guy right at the beginning of the book subsumed by ego and not knowing how to process the challenges he's facing right now in his life. And we see his progression in the book become more spirited, you know, helping others and really reconnecting with part of himself that he lost um, in the process. And that's the transformation that we see that's profound throughout the pages. Okay, so you took a page out of your, uh, your father's handbook, as it were, because Robin wrote his first book, and it was a fictional story too, right? The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. You know, I mean, that's, that's a good point. So I've always been a fan of, of fiction books because they are a great way to share subliminal subtle messages, though. What makes this book unique in and of itself is it combines sports. We all love, for the vast majority anyway, love sports. There's a real bonding power with sports that you know, there's a great emotional you know, connection to the game, whether it's soccer or cricket or basketball, etc., so I wanted to take the best of sports and athletes and really break the character in the book down a peg, bring him down a notch because he's this like celebrated athlete. And I wanted to give him a duality in the book where we can explore his true self and break him down so we can build him back up again as the book ends. So that was the process in writing the characterization of this book and this character. I love it. Okay, so let's go through some of the messages in the book. Let's do it. So you, you get into um, kind of chapters where there's some profound messages, right? So yeah. tell us, what's the message of the first pitch? So really, the first pitch, it's about breaking challenges down incrementally. So we're in this time right now where it's everyone just wants to be over and done with a challenge, over and done with complexity. But that is really saying we need to break the challenges down and shed this layer of outer perfection and pursue inner reflection again. Because that's where we can really access its true lessons and really understand what it's trying to do for us. Because, you know, as we know, it's not what the challenges does to you, but what it does for you. And, you know, that's linked to an idea in the book where adversity loves your ego. And, you know, how I describe ego in the book where it's a manifestation of a mask that we wear that prevents inner insight, that prevents going and being within. And, and ego loves that and adversity and challenges love that because they want us to stay in the sandbox of, of you know, the same keep doing what is not working, even though the ego tricks us to thinking it is working. So that's where we start off the book. That's the lesson that really begins, begins the book. Then we get to the next lesson, uh, lesson number two, and that's all about, you know, choosing your pitches. And really what I want the audience to take from that is, you know, we have the agency and the power to choose our responses, to choose how we think act and feel about the moment of adversity or the challenge that we're facing though. So too often we, we surrender the agency because the ego wants us to feel we're not in control of that. But, you know, as, as Viktor Frankl shares, you know, between the stimulus and the response, 
therein lies our freedom. Therein lies the agency to to think how we feel, think, and act about about the situation. And you know, one how we can work through that is exploring what is triggering in that moment. Though, what is triggering the moment of adversity? Is it reflecting on? You know, is there shame? Is there guilt? Is there anger that animates us to think in that way? And that's why I just want the audience to take away from that. Okay. So what are all these Spooky's rules that you have in the book? So Spooky is is a mentor that the main character encounters that helps him through his transformation, that helps him get from subsumed by ego to releasing himself to help throwing true self out again. So... You know, he's this mentor figure that I thought it would be a cool device to have these as Spooky's life rules throughout the book. Uh, and yeah. And, you know, Spooky, there's so many mentors in my life when I wrote about Spooky and brought him to life um, that formed the basis of that character. Yeah, that's super cool, man. That's super cool. Okay. So... Let's get into kind of some of the key things that you get uh, conveyed to people in some of the chapters. So one of your yeah. chapters is called The Third Pitch. And right after that's yep. a chapter called The Choke. Talk a bit about the lessons in that. So the third pitch in, in lesson number three is really is getting people back to an understanding of rituals. Rituals and how they link to higher performance. You know, there's this great quote, which is rituals are a deeply patterned way of our lock of unlocking our next best self. And, you know, as I shared at page 67, uh, when the going gets tough, the tough return to rituals. So that chapter and what I want people to take away from that is how rituals can help build ourselves back up again. You know, what is it in rituals? And if you look at the best, you know, community practices like the native Indians and how they go about rituals, it really brings communities together. It really enlivens them to all pursue the next best thing that they want to do. And it's the same, whether you look at, you know, from an athlete's perspective, if you look at it from a business owner's perspective, everyone can rebuild and refine rituals again and the process of ritualization, what it does for you. So, that's really the crux of what lesson number three is about, and that begins at page 67. But the final um, lesson in the book, and it's lesson number four, and it's adversity is a team sport. And, you know, that's never been more profound than at this time, where it's all about, I'm going through this challenge, I'm going through this, and I might have lost that, and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But what I want people to, to learn from that is, you know, we all are going through that challenge. We all are going through something very profound, a once in a lifetime, a generation shaping experience. And we all can reach out to others for help and guidance and advice. You know, so too often we get into, um, we get back into a corner and it's right, right where we hit the, the flight or flight response. And we don't think, oh, you know, I should reach out to others for help because they're not going to understand what I'm going through. They're not going to understand, you know, they're not going to understand my challenge. And and that's part of what the ego does. It, it tricks us to thinking that, you know, we're isolated and we're, to use the phrase, we're, we're a man unto itself, an island unto itself. And that's not what actually 
Um, that's not what the true response should be. Um, and, you know, I've, I've learned this from my own experience when I had my, my learning disability is that is a challenge is never the bet is the best opportunity to reach out to people for help. You know, that's very true, right? Um, a lot of people, especially these days in the post pandemic, post lockdown era, feel like they got to do it alone. And yeah. that's actually not smart at all because Exactly. The mind is a lonely place and it can be a scary place to go into by yourself because it'll it'll convince you that you can't do it, you're no good and all that stuff. But when you reach out to other people, your greatness is reflected back to you from those people, right? Exactly. Exactly. Actually, that, that's that's so true. I mean, you know, there's this great quote I read and it's the past is in your, your head, but the future is in your hands. The future about reaching out to people again creating those bonding moments to help push you and help you persevere through your challenge. That's what this true game of winning that the game of life is really all about. So Spooky's rules are basically one base at a time. That's, that's yeah. about, you know, tackling one major thing at a time. Choose your pitches. Exactly. Right. So yeah. explain that a little bit. So choosing your pitches, uh, and that begins at page 43 of the book. Choosing your pitches is all about remembering that we have the agency um, to choose how we think, feel, and act in the moment of adversity. You know, as I share um, that we can't feel every single emotion all at, all at once. We can't choose to feel scarcity and full of abundance, happiness and sad, even though that the ego wants us to feel befuddled by emotions and befuddled by severe complexity, though. So less, we see that lesson one and two, there's a linkage between them. And that was done on purpose. So, you know, there's a great piece by Dr. Leslie Becker Phelps, PhD. And what she says is, you know, what is the moment of perversity? Does it have roots in the past? Was there a time you felt shamed, guilted, or angry? And what is the origin of that response? And that links to, you know, adversity loves your ego. And we have to choose how we think about that response and how we choose to feel and think and act. You know, your ego is, it can be a good thing, right? Because your ego is what's yeah. going to push you to go out there and, and act and try to make your, your, your dreams come true. But it can also be a bad thing because it'll prevent you from being your best self. Exactly. It'll put you in a negative headspace if you let it. So this is a good lesson. I like it. And number three, you talked about remembering your rituals. Well, the question to ask here is, does your reader have rituals that they follow on a day-to-day -day basis? Because some people don't, right? Exactly. So, so many people have asked, you know, what is the difference between a ritual and a routine or a habit? And I think... Yeah, at, at the simplest core, you know, a routine and a habit just gets you further from point A to point B to point C. If you're trying to lose weight, well, it's a routine and a habit to to calibrate your your eating and fitness routine, etc. But a ritual goes deeper than that as and locks your best sense of self. And the best way to do that is through community oriented rituals, much like the Native Indians practice, much like, you know, elite athletes have rituals, 
you know, there's a reason why they wear the the swimmers wear their calf on a very specific angle. Or, you know, Michael Jordan wore his um, what was it called his wristband in a very specific way. That is a ritual that helps unlock a higher performance self, your next best performance. Though, so we see that there is a a, fi- a finite distinction between rituals and routines and habits. And what I'd like to share for people listening is what can you do to unlock and create rituals? Fine, people might not have them or might not remember them, but as I share at page 67 and 68, it's not about creating new rituals sometimes, it's remembering your old rituals and what you replaced the negative rituals with the positive rituals and just going back to recreating them. So if you want to recreate that, fine. But if you want to create them, what can you do in a community sense to create them? So one of them could be you could create a, a Facebook group and with a with a singular goal in mind to create community. Facebook groups are a great way to create community around a singular common goal. That is one example that can that they can create. No, it's very true. And the final of Spooky's rules is adversity is a team sport. And again, this comes back to don't do it alone, right? So the biggest mistake that people make in attempting to create success for themselves is they try to do things alone. But Mm -hmm. if you work as part of a team, you're going to win, right? There's a great book written by Seth Godin called Tribes. And in it, he talks about the importance of tribes and that we are members of tribes and we lead tribes, whether we see that we do or not. And the only way that you're going to be able to be successful is if you engage the tribe in helping you win. And that's the message you're seeking to impart here, correct? Exactly. I like it, man. I think you've written a, a fantastic book. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, reading it in full. I just, uh, I just got a copy. Thank you so much for that. And good on you to get the book out there into the hands of the people that need this message. So well done, Colby Sharma. Where is the best place for them to pick up a copy? People can find the book on Amazon in paperback form, uh, ebook form, and as an audiobook. Uh, people can connect with me on Instagram at Colby Sharma official. They can follow the curveball Facebook page at the curveball four two six LinkedIn Colby Sharma. They can sign up for my eight step guide to ego destruction, which is on my website at www.colbysharma.com. So we're going to make sure all that stuff's in the show notes. So listener Colby Sharma, uh, you know, he comes from great stock. His father is the legendary Robin Sharma, who's written all those incredible books and has put together all those amazing programs. Been very instrumental in my journey and in my success. Colby himself is a powerhouse. He's written his first book, The Curveball. Make sure you pick up a copy of it. Go to Amazon. Go to his website. All that information will be in the show notes. And make sure you take advantage of it. He's a great, great man. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And listener, if you are listening to this episode and you've gotten some value for yourself, do me a favor and share the episode, okay? That's that's the payment that we ask for. We don't we don't charge for the show. We don't have any sponsors for the show. All we do is we ask that if you got value, share it with someone else. If you didn't get value, then don't share it. But if you got value, share it with someone else. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And if 
you really want to know how you can do what Colby's done, write your own book, position yourself to be a thought leader and add six to seven figures a year to your business, go to our website, eCircleAcademy.com. There's a ton of free resources that are available over there. Make sure you take advantage of all of that information. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Colby Sharma, make sure you go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or to Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else that you listen to this podcast and check out the show notes. All the information will be there. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.